Hey, hey, hey. Hey. What's up? How y'all doing? <laughs> this is, can you believe that this is like the end of our IRL friendship hiatus? I know. I can't wait. I'm literally going to, it's going to be like a rom-com when I see you on Friday. <laughs> Picking me up at the train station. going to run. I'm literally going to run. My, yes. How, um, like I said, I just wish to run and jump into someone's arms a la Chloe Stroll and yes. um, Scotty James style. You're going to be Chloe. I'll be Scotty. Yeah. Um, you will run into my arms and I will cherish you. Yes. Going to make... Nick or Emily capture it for the gram. (laughs) (laughs) Be like that one. I don't remember which episode, but I commented. Oh, I think it was when we were talking about how we were describing each other. And then I commented, I was like, are we in love? And you're like, yeah, duh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if you didn't know that already, I don't know where you've been. (laughs) Oh, man. What's Can't new, wait. dude? Oh, you know, not that much. I'm trying out a turtleneck today, as one does. It never really goes well for me, but I rolled it down a little bit. I just think that I might have a really short neck. Hmm. And so, like, when the turtleneck is all the way up, I just kind of look like a thumb. So I feel like when I, like, take the turtleneck and roll it down a little, it's still turtleneck, but you can still also tell that I have a neck. And I feel like that's working better for me today. Okay. You know what? You, we both know how turtlenecks are our arch nemeses. <laughs> they <So>. are. <laughs> We're trying to conquer them so bad. <laughs> We're trying so hard to find a good turtleneck for us. We can't do it. No. No, but we'll similarly, see. you're in, like you said earlier, and I almost changed into my Adam Driver a la House of Gucci <laughs> era. Yeah. So what I feel like with my big wireframe glasses and turtleneck. Your cream turtleneck while you're pulling yeah. it off. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I guess before we do any more, we should welcome people back. We should. Welcome some back, days, everyone. Some weeks we're really good about welcoming people. Some I was, I've was. i been not. thinking about it. I've been thinking about being like, <laughs> don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. So welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Girls, One Formula podcast. Hopefully you're aware of that um, since you started listening. But we it's are our Charles Two Girls. Le- it's our Charles Charles Leclerc episode. What? Episode 16. Oh. I was like, shit. <laughs> I, I, didn't I saw the panic. I saw the panic in your eyes. <laughs> I was like, did I miss something? I think I fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, episode 16, the Charles episode, duh. Um, Anyways, we're the two girls. Uh, My name is Kate. I'm Nicole. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, Thank you very much. This is us. All right. This is real. This This is is me. me. I'm exactly exactly (laughs) 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 me. And that is the sound of everyone turning off this episode (laughs) and moving on with their day. (laughs) 
Oh, we have a lot to talk about today, Nicole. I know. I know. And I'm really excited, honestly. I know. Me too. I'm really excited because I spent a lot of time. I know we are no research, just vibes, but I did spend a lot of time today preparing for this episode because I wanted to make sure that we could have a lengthy discussion because we've been looking forward to this. We've been looking, we forward, have been to looking it. forward to this. It's going to be a good one. So like, let's get the boring stuff out of the way, AKA what's been going on lately in F1. <laughs> we had so many car launches, so many car launches. Last hot. I'm only excited <laughs> by a few of them. I know. I feel like most of them are boring, but I don't feel like F1 is one to push the boundaries like visually with like their yeah. artistic stuff. Like that's not unfortunately, I know, like I want someone to in the past. I know. I want someone to like absolutely just go balls to the wall and choose like, just be like completely out there. Like they oh, do you mean these, like, like a fun pink car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring back the pink Mercedes. <laughs> no, but I mean like you know, they do like these fun liveries, like limited yes. edition ones. And like, those are pretty artsy and like kind of fun. Yeah. Why can't you bring that energy to the whole season? I know what's holding you back. Right. Sponsors? Like the Haas was fucking, we don't even, I'm not even, I'm not even wasting my breath on them. That card looks stupid. Red Bull once again has just a, delivered the exact same car <laughs> from for every the extreme, other year. for the extreme sport that they are they're not very extreme in their designs no. which is I looked so at annoying it and because... I was like am I looking at the wrong thing this is the same fucking car again <laughs> like, did you just I don't know why I thought last year I've been I've been bamboozled fooled led astray because I thought maybe they would give us something new this year but they didn't uh AlphaTauri also like generally yeah, the same yeah. it's like fine um well there was that leaked photo or leaked photo I think someone posted on the internet and was like like lavender and they're what? like the alpha tar car got leaked and I was like if that's what it looks like I'll have to find the photo I yeah. was I was browsing Twitter quickly and I saw it and I was like oh damn it was really pretty I don't know what it was for oh, I wish but I was like I was excited I was like sick but no, I mean, it doesn't look bad, but it's not. It doesn't, it just looks like generally the same. It's just like. Well, it's Red I, Bull, so are we surprised? True. <laughs> um, I love the Aston Martin. <clears throat> I think it's so sleek. I love the addition of like the mm-hmm. neon green or yellow or like whatever it is. Like, and I love that they added that on the racing suits too. Like, I just think they did a good job. Like it is still like same like color palette as it's been, but I just think the way they did it was like so well done. Like they, they did really well. Um, well, on top of, I mean, Aston Martin's design is incredible. And then they had all of the influencers, which. Yes. Lawrence. It's fine. You did say that we were the, <laughs> there was a rumor <laughs> going around a few months ago that you said we were the next big thing in Formula One podcasting. And so we're a little disappointed. Maybe you didn't like our coverage in our Aston Martin episode, all in good fun. Our invite did get lost in the mail. Is he mad That's at okay. us for last week's episode or the, a, a few weeks ago? Um, we did. We did insinuate that Gene Haas would have been your bitch in prison. <laughs> That's a compliment. Yeah. Like you're not the bitch. He is. No. <laughs> and I just like, we're a little hurt by that, but you will have opportunities to make it up to us. Yeah. So, so moving on. <clears throat> Lawrence, until you invite us. You don't get any more time on this podcast. 
Uh, McLaren, amazing. Their car is mm-hmm. amazing. I'm obsessed with it. I love that they brought more blue in. I wish it was the golf livery blue, but I have a feeling that they're going to bring that back. Hopefully. I wish, although I'm a little disappointed in the suits. I don't yeah, love the, the black. The suits are so ugly. Yeah, I wish they should have made them more like the, like the car. I am glad that it's not as much orange though, because mm-hmm. I just don't think that the orange is like overall very flattering as a suit. On most people, it's not. Exactly. So very few people can pull it off. But I love the car. I honestly love the indie car. I don't know if I saw that one. Oh my gosh. You got to look at like the whole range of their cars because they had like their extreme mm-hmm. e-car. They had like all this stuff. Oh my gosh. They looked awesome. Like they just did like the best job, I think. And then what? Uh, Williams came out today. Mm-hmm. which Williams came out today. Amazing timing because today's our Williams episode. Um, we planned that actually. Yeah. For anyone did. listening. Obviously we, we do our research, <laughs> all right? We do our homework and we <laughs> planned. Um but theirs is really nice. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. Like there's no sponsors on it. There's like barely any sponsors. There's like a bunch of memes with people being like looking for the sponsors on the Williams car. And there's like not a lot, but it looks really nice. The blue is really pretty. I like, I the like blue. their new suits. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see what Ferrari does on. What is it? Thursday? We got Ferrari and Mercedes coming up soon. And is that it? Alpine is going to be pink oh, yeah. again because they are now BWT. Well, personally, I'm excited for it. You know, anytime there's pink involved, it's our brand. Mm-hmm. It's actually mm-hmm. going to be the TG1F car. Surprise, you That's guys. Surprise. You've been waiting Big to announcement. announce this. <laughs> um, Thank you for to our sponsors, to Girls with Formula, for this podcast. We were able to come up with yes. enough funds to officially become a sponsor for a Formula One team. Yeah. So super need sponsors when you can just be a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't beat them, join them, you know? (laughs) That's what I always say. We've always said that. We've always said that. Um, what else happened this week? What else happened this week? Um, we're not going to talk about Valentine's day. I don't want to. We're not talking about Valentine's day. We're sitting right over that. Except that I didn't see anything from Esteban and Elena. Although allegedly they were in London together. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we didn't see any content, any photos of them in London together. The only people I really posted. I didn't see. I feel like I didn't see too many WAGs posts. Uh, Louisa did. Lando sent her like a Mm -hmm. bunch of stuff. Um, I saw Sandy and Nikki's engagement photo shoot. Like, what was that? I they love a good photo okay um but then he bought her like all this shit do you see her stories no oh my god he got her like balloons and flowers and like 10 presents wrapped (laughs) i was like what it's her birthday (laughs) it's just valentine's day um Um, lily and alex okay so cute obviously obvious goals and then i love that her phone is just a clear case with the polaroid photo of her and alex it's so cute oh fucking kill me dude they're literally the best single like oh my god i love them so much in some heartbreak news it was confirmed that fernando alonso and linda linda broke broke up up. yeah i saw that boyfriend she has wow, already? 
Do you think he was another, he was the other man? I don't, we haven't seen them together in so long that I think people just assumed that they were still dating, but I'm like, she hasn't been to a race. I mean, the last time she was at a race was like the end of the season. So like they could have been on the rocks broken up and then now it's like been a couple months. Hmm. Things move quick when you're rich, you know? That's so true. I'm We've always surprised. Oh yeah. People I'm always surprised. in and out of love so fast when they're rich. Celebrities always have a new boyfriend. I'm like, how do you like how do you find people to be in love with and like choose to spend your time with because it is so so difficult for me to even exchange <laughs> messages with people on the internet and there's no Seriously. kind of you know rules involved there and yet Selena Gomez everyone is seen she's seen dating new people left and right and I'm like damn yeah. how I think that was a bad example, but I'm trying to think like Halsey was dating, like would date someone new. And I'm like, do you guys just, do you guys just have, and well, she has a baby daddy now. I don't think they're married, but like, do you think it's because she was had all this drama, like right before she was with him. And then she's like, we planned for this baby. And I was like, in what? The three weeks (laughs) we were together, you were like, let's have a child. Jesus Christ. I'm wondering if they just have like deep insecure attachment styles and they just like always have to have someone around I don't know or they just talk to so many people that they probably meet so many people that they have crushes on simultaneously because everyone's hot that they talk to everyone's hot and like rich so like they probably like have crushes on like 10 people and they just like try them out in order you probably just have a favorites list in your contacts and you're like well that wouldn't work out on to the next one want to go to Nobu this weekend right but carbone all right what else else happened honestly lewis is back we already talked about that last week did we yeah did we Mm -hmm. yeah we talked about it i'm losing Um, time today is i know honestly like last week moved pretty quickly i think and there was just a lot of car announcements and that was it basically okay um i feel like we didn't get too too much content from the guys but yeah. Lewis just had that fun photo of him, that selfie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then we had Valentine's Day yesterday, but like, honestly, that was it really. Okay. The weekend was quiet. Everyone still was like just, 30 days everyone... out from the season opening. Is no. that crazy? Feels fake. <clears throat> About a month too till the next season of Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. So excited. Um, I, like literally what drama happened? It's like, I'm trying I'm, to think. Just, I don't think anything. we made a lot of TikTok. We made a lot of TikToks. We made a last lot week. I think of TikToks. that's kind of where all of our energy was. Our energy was you. only there. About you had to Snoop call me? Sli- yeah, about Snoop Slime. <laughs> Snoops. I can tr- give still trying to make that TikTok. Um, there's a really popular TikTok audio going around and it's the dance moms one about the pyramid and everyone's doing the pull off and ranking whatever. And I was like, oh, I should do one of these with the drivers or the cars or whatever. And, uh, I clicked on the audio and immediately saw that it was a Snoop's slime review account who made that audio. And I said, you know what? World stars align. Sometimes this is why I think I'm living in a simulation sometimes because that was too perfect. (laughs) (laughs) 
too perfect of a moment too perfect of a moment they don't come around very often no but that was one of them almost never (laughs) all right well we've wasted enough time on these boys let's talk about what we want not a lot of hot goss this week so let's just get into it because i know we're gonna spend a lot of time here so as y'all know last week was twilight and this week we are talking a court of thorns and roses and not just the first book all of them we are talking all seven courts in prithian talking about where where the drivers would be and And we for one can't wait I can't wait either. And for reference, maybe our energy is a little low today because we're just itching to be done with this so that we can go and read the other Sarah J Mass book that came out today. <laughs> Literally. Um, we're like, all right, speed this up. It's going to be a short speed one, this guys. Shit um, up. <laughs> we've got a house of breath and sky to be reading. Okay. Crescent City book two out. It's time I'm already, to read. I'm already 20% of the way through and I'm shook <laughs> so far. But that's what we're reading. We love Sarah J. Mass. This time last year, we sped read Manic Red. All of the Akatar books because we wanted to. I read them all. I read what? Like a three five thousand pages. I read five thousand pages in like four days. Yeah. Because I are... wanted to be <laughs> wanted the, I wanted to be ready for when okay. Silver Flames came out. Well, I was also unemployed. So I had lot of time um we're back the karmic cycle is back um Serge and- Mass is maybe your unemployment <laughs> demon <laughs> I should watch out for her you should watch um, out for the next book dropping and just like get your resume ready you're oh my god you're so right <laughs> <laughs> all right Sarah can you just let me know next time like when your next book is coming out so I can prepare myself <laughs> Um, but we, like most of you who have read them, fell in love with this series. And honestly, it comes up almost daily in yeah. conversation for us. So well, we do have a group chat called A Court of um, Depression, Depression and, and Denial. Oh, oh, yeah. Denial. I don't one. I don't remember which one it is, but <laughs> I think it is Depression and Denial. Yep. So <laughs> thinking about these books every single day because that group chat pops off every day. But we wanted to talk, we wanted to spend a, a little time thinking about where we think the drivers in which courts they would reside. And this is not necessarily, at least this is how I looked at it. They're not necessarily the high lords of this court. Right. Just kind of where they would fit in based on their personalities. Right. And um, I think that sometimes the high lords maybe give a bad rep yeah. for the people mm-hmm. of the court. Um, exactly. like I have things to say about the spring court. And so mm-hmm. we'll get into that. How do we want to do this? Do we like want to go by court and say who we think would fit in there? I feel like that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, have, I, want, you I, have I want you to start. Okay. So we'll start with spring. Yes. Um, and just because I have a spring, autumn, winter. Yeah. Summer. I'm, I'm working off the same dock as you. Okay. So. Perfect. So we'll just go in order then. Okay. Spring. So based, based off the Akatar wiki, um, we know Tamlin, he's gifted with strength and shape-shifting magic. Um, also, maybe, is this a little bit, how much more alerts do we want to get into here? I'm trying to think. Um, I don't, <laughs> these books have been out for so long. You're right. Okay. 
Okay. Let's, let's uh, be clear. I think everyone should read these books. If you haven't, like, I think you're going to love them. If you're into fantasy, if you're into yeah. romance, if you're into kind of like a fairy tale retelling, okay? I think maybe we don't talk about maybe like specifics of the people and more just like generally about. Like, okay. Well, I have, okay. But okay. I have a little bit, <laughs> some Ooh. of my reasonings <laughs> have to do with the high Lords. Okay. But- okay. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? If you if you haven't read Akatar, okay. Spoiler you read alert! Akatar, if you want to read Akatar, don't listen to this segment. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler Sorry. alert! Spoiler alerts. Um, okay. I'll I'll do timestamps in the in the description <laughs> so that you can set know when to come back, like Perfect. when to fast forward to because we're we're spoiling things. Uh, you need to at least have read what two of books? Yeah, I think so. At least the first yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. like you have to, you have to know the spring court drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spring court Tamlin gifted with great strength and shape-shifting magic to change his form into a beast of, or the appearance of others. Okay. The spring court is the land of rolling green hills, lush forests, and clear bottomless lakes. Magic didn't just abound in the bumps and hollows. It grew there. So I wasn't quite sure who to put in spring because I think like we said, the high lord maybe gives it a bad rep but i think it's generally a very kind and open place yes and i feel like they're also like how do i say this like naively optimistic they're i just feel like everyone in the spring court is just very like they i mean they have these like parties and they are dancing and there's music and like they willingly went under the mountain for this party like i just feel like they're very like a little bit naive and just like optimistic and just happy people so mm-hmm. i went i put people in here that i think kind of fit that vibe and who i just think are, are like cute little like spring little creatures okay so i have two people in this court me too and i think they're they're for opposite reasons Okay. The first one I have Lando. <laughs> Who's your second? Who's your second? And Ocon. Oh, okay. okay. Mine was second was Yuki. Okay. So I have Lando because I think honestly, like this is hypothetical and we're getting into a little bit of like, <laughs> you know, speculative stuff here, yeah. but I think Lando has the power to like shift into like beast mode when provoked. Ooh. So he's taking a little bit from like playing a little bit off Tamlin got here. It, got it. You know, he looks all cute and handsome, but I know, I know there's an anger there. Like I know oh, there's yeah. a drive to succeed. And so I think okay. it's a little bit kind of, especially with the whole mask situation, I think he's kind of hiding behind a mask. He needs to come mm. out of, come out of that. We went real deep on these. I was just straight back. I told you I thought about this deeply. <laughs> and then I have Oak on here because I think he just like fits kind of this like spring kind of effortless, mm-hmm. you know, kind of easygoing vibe. The yeah. days are like warming up and you're happy and I just feel like Ocon kind of exudes this kind of presence like I just feel like spring felt right for him and he was kind of one of the last people I put into a court because I couldn't really figure it I out couldn't but figure I figure like- out him at all so I I would agree with you I'll put I'll I'll put him in spring as well he was one okay. of the few that I I didn't end up placing okay there were a few I just didn't have time but and I just like couldn't figure it out I put Lando in because I think our sweet baby Lando is a very little naive little bunny 
You know, like I just feel like he he would love. So we have very would, opposite. We yes. have very opposite reasonings for yes. putting them here. <laughs> like I I agree with you on like the beast one thing, but I also <clears throat> think that he would be someone that would just be like, "Fuck y'all, yeah, go to this party on the mountain." Like that sounds fun, and just like do it, and just like a little bit. So here's what I think. I think he's very much Feyre in book one. She's here. She's kind of like. And I know Orlando's not like new anymore to the sport, but I think this, this goes for him and Yuki and kind of why I put them in there, but they're kind of younger. They're like on the younger side of the drivers on the grid. They're here. They're just kind of like, what's going on? Especially Yuki is just kind of like really green and like, doesn't totally know what's going on, but like is accepting of things. And I think Lando just kind of like rolls with the punches and like is you know, happy at McLaren where he is and like, things are great. Things are looking good for him. And like, he's just enjoying like his environment where he's at. And then I think would just kind of be like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah, I'll do that. There's a party. I'll go like all these things. But then I think that's kind of where Yuki stops. I think he kind of stays in that, but then I think Lando kind of could go, I can see him like following along Farah's journey where then she realizes mm-hmm. that all is not as mm-hmm. it seems. And okay. realizing that maybe she was a little naive in and just kind of blindly trusting everything. Yeah. So I think spring court is very, and you want to know what? So maybe I'll put um, Joe in here as well. Like I think spring court is very like. New, just figuring things new, out. Naive, blindly, like just kind of like blind optimism and like learning. And like, you, you're just kind of there and you're accepting what's around you. And then like, as you grow and mature in the sport, you kind of see like, all right, things weren't like as peachy as they thought they were. And like, there's a lot of politics and stuff going on and I'll figure that out now. Honestly, that's such a good assessment. Thank you. That's really good. That's a really good one. I knew I just like kind of needed to get on this call and like start talking about it. And I would be able to like (laughs) think things through more because when it was just me staring at my screen, like thinking like it doesn't work for me, I need to like talk it out. And honestly, is that what SJ Mass was doing? Like, did I just like mm-hmm. uncover a motif? Maybe. As she travels through all the courts to get to the one she ends up in, she learns along the way and then she is like enlightened by the end. Well, it's a little bit of a spoiler alert that we already <laughs> said that she doesn't end up in the spring court. So, well, we, we said spoiler alert. <laughs> we did. So, if you, you've been warned, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Read the books. Next it'll only take off. you a couple months if you read at a normal pace <laughs> or it'll take you a week if you really want to get through it okay autumn court is up next autumn autumn court is known to be beautiful cutthroat highly competitive a court of foxes the high lord of autumn baron is gifted with the power of fire and is known to be the oldest and cruelest of all of the high lords <clears throat> i have two people in this one as well okay i have three and i think that they're a little opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. So first up, I have Max. Me too. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, I says, I says, I said, I says. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> for reasons, he has a mean dad like Lucian. Okay. So Baron is Joe's in this situation. <laughs> um, he definitely has a fiery personality and I think he's very cutthroat and competitive. Yep. So I felt like Max was an easy autumn court. Me too. I think, yeah, very kind of like 
And I think of the people there, like they're not necessarily like mean, but they're not, they're no frills. They're like not going to sugarcoat things. They're like short, sweet to the point, like not going to deal with drama not going to deal with bullshit, just like get their shit done. And I feel like that's very max. Yeah. And then my second person is George. I was wondering about where to put George. He's another one that I didn't end up placing because there are a couple places that I wanted to put him. But I was like really, really thinking about Autumn for George. And the reason I have him in Autumn is because I think he's pretty sneaky. And now that he's at Mercedes, I think he's going to learn to be cunning like a fox. And I think that he's just really going to grow into this kind of villain arc. Okay. Um, And I think he's going to just like become kind of like, I don't want to say like a bit of a dick, you know? But, but we've been saying that <laughs> we've talked, we've talked about it before. And I think that autumn feels, feels right for George. Yeah. I had, so I had two others in here. I had Alonzo. Okay. In here. I think he is no bullshit. I think he's like one of the older dudes on the track. Is he the oldest now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think he's just kind of like, he's been around the block. He's a former champion. And I feel like he's kind of like seen the rise and fall like of himself and is a little bit bitter about that, but he's still really determined and like tries really hard and like works hard, but he's not out here to like, I mean, he is out here to be friends with everyone because he's trying to swap helmets with everyone. He's getting everyone's helmets. Yeah. That could be a ploy. I don't know. I just don't think he's out there to like make friends. Like he's very like hypercritical of Lewis. He's hypercritical of people. Like they're like, I don't think he takes the blame a lot. Like he's very like, he's going to call you out on your shit. And so I feel like that's a bit like that gives me autumn court vibes. I also have, um, I also have Lance in here. Interesting. I think he has been given everything but I also think he's been trained to think that way and trained to think like people aren't going to respect you because they are jealous of you and I think that that kind of ties into like Lucian's brothers who are kind of born into this like dynasty this royal family and they are like just kind of grew up in this environment where they were like, yeah, we're better than people. Like we're princes, but also like have potential to not be like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but very much were like ingrained with the ideals that like you're better than people and people are jealous of you. And like, you have to like almost prove yourself more because like people are, you want people to like fear you almost. Hmm. Is Lance going to get a redemption arc on in in the TG1F between you and I, we hated Lance. I know. I think I feel like of, he's growing on us. I know. I, like, what did I didn't put him in the court of nightmares? It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's, um, I don't know. I think he <clears throat> could, like, I think, I think there's p- potential for him. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think he fits in autumn though, for those reasons. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Next up, we have winter. 
The, this court is made up of towering, exquisite palaces full of roaring hearths and is decked out in evergreens. Carved sleighs are the court's preferred method of transport, hauled by velvet-antlered reindeers whose splayed hooves are ideal for ice and snow. The winter court's forces are well-trained, but they often rely on the great white bears that stalk the realm for any unwanted visitors. I have three people in this category. Me too. And I think we both have the same person for number one yeah and that is Botaz. yes <laughs> winter court is finland all right let's yeah. just put it out there. i i don't think we need to really get into obvious reasons about that i think he would also really enjoy riding around on a reindeer absolutely i can see him <clears throat> yes and then my other two i did have lance and latifi here for kind of similar reasons of okay. them being from canada okay and i think <clears throat> It's very much just like, I feel like they're just kind of like low key and the winter court is also like pretty low key and not, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't thinking too much about this one. Um, but, you know, I think goes back, goes back to, I mean, both Lance and Latifi are like paid drivers technically. Right. Um, so again, going back to your statement around Lance being in the autumn court, <clears throat> being trained for this, um, they've been training for this and their whole lives and here's where they are now they're in the winter court okay so I had Mm -hmm. two others I had Mick and Seb okay for different reasons than I think like you might think so I I feel like they are also from Germany it's very like cold it's snowy but I also feel like people in the winter court and I did some other research and I, I like people there are described as like cool, calculating and reserved while also being outgoing, happy and cheerful. And I just feel like Mick, we don't know too much about Mick, but he mm-hmm. grew up in this world. Like he knows mm-hmm. how cutthroat F1 is. He knows what the media can do. Like he, I feel like his whole family is very reserved. They're very private. And I think that he's like, you know, outgoing. He's like a happy guy. He's very nice. He's very friendly, but he's also like, I think he's like not necessarily here to be friends with everyone. Like mm-hmm. he's like, wants to be like friendly with everyone, but he's like, you know, I, I know that there are people that are going to try to like comfort me or try to be my friend because of who my family is. And so I feel like he's just kind of like, not like cold, but like a little more like wary of people. Okay. And then Seb, we know that Seb is like, he's outgoing. He's happy. He's cheerful. He's like a great guy. He's amazing. But I also think he's very private and he would enjoy, like, he likes being able to have this like home in Germany that he goes back to and is like away from everything. And I feel like that's very much the vibes of winter court is they're like, you guys do your thing. We'll be here. Mm -hmm. And like, we'll hang out and we'll like have fun and we're really cool people. But like, we're going to chill back here and like be in our own place. And I feel like that is like Seb to me. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I agree with that. Thanks. Those are very good. Those are really good statements. Thank you. Okay. Next we have summer court. I love the summer court. I love (laughs) the summer court. They boast four cities. One is Adriata, where the High Lord of Summer spends the last weeks of winter and the first weeks of spring. Palaces built atop Mount Island in the heart of Half Moon Bay, and the city circles the island on three sides and spreads toward the sparkling sea. So really just a beautiful kind of fun 
casual place. And I have three people here. Okay. First, I have Carlos. Yep, I'm me too. Carlos is always on a boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's always by the sea. Um, you know, he gives off this warm kind Loves of Loves paella. Yeah, warm radiating energy and is very chill. Feel like he would just simply vibe here. Yes. Would have the best time. Yes. Second, I have Yuki here. Okay. I was I was between spring and summer for Yuki, but I just didn't feel like he was a beach kind of guy, so I I left him out of it. The reason I put him in summer is because I said that I feel like he would love to just dick around. Like the weather's <laughs> always nice. Yes. Like you don't have to do any, like, I feel like the vibes, like you don't really have to do anything. You don't really have to work hard. Like it's always beautiful. It's, it's giving LA a little bit, you know, everyone's yep, yep. just like, Hey, it's chill. Um, and I think he's just like, gives off that like happy summer yep. kind of vibe. Okay. And then last but not least, I have Daniel. Yep. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because where this else are we a, gonna put him <laughs> this is literally summer. like the embodiment of like <laughs> australia we had a lot of people in our in respond to the sticker and was like danny's in summer court and there is no other place for him to <laughs> yeah. be. and i was like yeah absolutely true that did not sway my opinion um i just felt like this was this was the court yeah. for him yes i totally agree did you just have carlos and danny those are the okay. only two. Okay. All right. Next we've got Dawn. Dawn is Dawn's territory is set in small cities that specialize in tinkering, clockwork, and clever things. It's a lush, eternal countryside rich with the weight of summer upon it. I don't the Thesan, Thesian. I don't know how you say his name. The High Lord. I um I think it's Thesian. His, That's how I've been saying it in my head. Yeah. His power is the ability to heal. <clears throat> so I have two people here. Okay. First, I have Lewis. Interesting. Okay. Um, because I, think I was, I was between, I was between. I think that. he's very clever, and I also think like he's calm, cool, collected. And then I also put in the still I rise of mm-hmm. him constantly healing from you know his his past. Um, torments you know we've gone about him being bullied a lot and really facing Mm -hmm. adversity and I think that dawn is one of those you know moments during the day where everything is quiet and like you're clear and level-headed and I think Mm -hmm. that Lewis is like a perfect personification of that I love that I love that and then my second person was a prez okay and similarly to like the the feelings and the vibes surrounding Dawn, um, I think there's a softness that Perez kind of encompasses. And I think he's very like smart, but, you know, I feel like we often don't hear from him too much and he's very confident mm-hmm. in his abilities. Um, and he's just kind of like a quiet, confident person. And I think he fits here very well. I love that. As you know, I have Charles here. I mean, we have discussed this, yes. However, I do have more reasoning this week other than just okay. how he would look in the Dawn Court. <laughs> Although that is a big reason because I just think I picture him there as like the high lord of it, like in like the palace because it's very like opalescent and like very lush with like flowers and everything. And I just think I would love, <laughs> I would love to see that. But personally, I also think, I would love to see it. <laughs> personally, I would love that. Um, again, if someone wants to make fan art of that, I would love it. Um, 
but I do think that like tinkering clockwork clever things like I also think that like when I don't might have made this up but I want to say that when they were there there was like harps and like music there and failure was like oh there's like a lot of like things and like obviously we know Charles is very musical and like loves to play the piano and I just like feel like he would be there like playing the piano this like beautiful melody like at dawn um and then he's also like very interested in like art and um he's always like doing all these artistic things and he loves architecture and stuff and I feel like that's like kind of like tinkery and like he's like always like making things like he's like in artist workshops like making stuff so I just I feel like it's a very like and I know we're gonna get to a court that is also very like artsy and artistic and I think he could probably fit in both of them Mm -hmm. um but I just felt like the softness of Don really like fit with like just like his persona okay I agree with that is that it? it? You only That's had Charles? Had. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next we've got Day Court. Day Court has, well, had a thousand libraries. Helion <laughs> is the High Lord and he's responsible for archiving Prithian's knowledge of magic for centuries. The Day Court is known for its immense basin of knowledge and its people for their gift of inventing. I have two people here. I also have two people here. Neither, we don't have any of the same people because you, you have already said yours okay I have Seb I he was I was also this was also a place that I thought about putting him I have Seb and Alonzo just because I okay. think that they're both very knowledgeable mm-hmm. you know they've they're some of the older people on the track um Seb is just like a really smart guy and I think he's kind of sun, sunshine personified and so it feels right um and Alonzo again like he's been across like all of racing he's done a lot of things here and I just feel like he kind of knows he's the guy to go to when you have questions got it I had Lewis here okay because I I think that Lewis is also very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. in so many different aspects of life and I think he's someone that is like constantly trying to learn and grow and like better himself and better the people around him. And like, he has like set up foundations. He's like doing all these amazing things. And I think he's someone that's like a forgive, but not forget. And I think that kind of like goes with the, with the idea of um, the day court, just having all this knowledge and like, they can, they know everything. Um, they can like forgive things that are done, but like, they're not going to forget it because it's like in their, um, Mm -hmm. archives. And I think that's very much Lewis. And I also think that he's very like day he's like out there just like trying to brighten things up, um, for people that like might not have as much as him. So I, I put him there and then I also put Pierre here, Mm. um, for a little bit of a different reason. Okay. Where I put Pierre here because I think that his, he's gone through a lot. And I think he would be someone that like started in the spring court and was like very naive and like just kind of took things as they were and like let himself get a little bit pushed around. And then now he's back and he like, he's taken all the knowledge from like everything that he's been through. He like took stuff from his time at Red Bull and like, has just like learned from a lot of people. Like, I think he's taken the time to learn and like better himself in, in that way to like bring the best version of himself now. And so it's a little bit more of like a, an aggressive 
mm-hmm. version okay. of the day court where he's using that now. And he's like, I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to keep bettering myself. And I'm going to use this knowledge to make you wish that you didn't wrong me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also think he is, has a very good personality and like a very sunshiny personality that he's kind of one that's like, you know, be, be careful of him, which I think mm-hmm. they say a lot of Helian. They're like, he's very, like, he's very, very fun and very outgoing. And like, you're going to love him, but like, watch out for him. Watch out. You might not be able to trust him a hundred percent or like, you don't, you never really know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that like, if Pierre isn't already, I think he's like very much transitioning into that. Okay. Respect. Thank you. All right. Now we're moving on to, to night court. <laughs> And we have it separated out into the court of nightmares and the court of dreams. So the court of nightmares is what everyone to the world sees of night court. Um, it's a violent place with individuals who follow their own morals and those who disagreed with recent rule. This side of night court is known by the rest of the world, like I already said. Do you have anyone here? I do. I don't. <gasps> uh. <laughs> oh uh, spoiler alert i know where nicole put in i <laughs> didn't know that there was a third page of this document well um, you should have scrolled down i should have i put math in here i just think he is not here to play by anyone's rules um and he's just kind of like you're not the boss of me i can do yeah. what i want there's never been any rules there's never been anyone really telling him what to do and so I thought about putting him here but I think where I put him is better and I'll tell you why when we get there I can't wait I cannot wait (laughs) okay and then we have court of dreams um the night court is in a mountainous area located at the northernmost region of Prithian and it boasts the largest amount of territory out of all the courts I wrote some adjectives here the people of the Court of Dreams are loyal, artsy, open-minded, generous. Um, and then we have the Illyrians who are strong, powerful, you know, the war type, and they fly. Okay. So that's what I wrote. I like that adjective <laughs> flying. <laughs> so I have four people here. Wow. I didn't yeah. put anyone in the no? I was like, I don't think anyone is worthy. And I don't think it's necessarily like they're in like the court of dreams because I think the court of dreams is really kind of like the inner circle. And I'm just thinking yeah. about the people who would live in Valeris. Right. Okay. Fair okay. enough. Yeah. Mostly, but so I have Pierre here. Okay. Because I think he's super loyal and he's shown time and time again that he will get back up and like yeah. be his best self. Yes um Love and that. that he's often underestimated and I think that that is very much just like especially with Cassian and Azrael who are like the bastards and like they yeah. prove time and time again that they should not be underestimated and like don't fuck with them mm-hmm. that's why I put Pierre here Love that. I also put Mick here okay because I think he's super generous and kind and like I think that he is just like going to be this absolute force to be reckoned with in formula one as he starts to get the hang of things obviously this was only his rookie season but i have no doubt in my mind that he once he gets like his his handle on things like 
he's going to be an absolute force. Um, and so I think night court would really put him here and like allow him to, to grow into the person that, that he can be. Love that. I also have Alex in this court. I was wondering where he was going to come up. I couldn't place him. Similarly to Pierre's because, you know, he's been knocked down, um, but he kept pushing and keeps trying to prove himself and be like, I am good. I can be great. Give me another shot. Like I'm here to just fuck shit up. Like, don't worry about me. Like, just give me the chance. Um, And then I also have Charles in the night court because I feel like he also has something to prove being the golden Ferrari boy and really like doing it for his dad and his like loved ones that he's lost yeah um similar to Roseanne who basically lost his entire family not that Charles is one but like I feel like you know yeah he kind of embodies this softer energy but like while also needing to prove to the world that he deserves everything that he's been given um yeah and that's that's why I like that I did think about putting Charles in here but I was like I don't think because I just think there are so many people that I could have put in here and I was like I can try to find other places but I did think about Charles here because it is such an art and like hmm. for it's like yeah artisans and music and, and, and music yeah. and everything so I I did think about putting him there but I didn't put anyone yeah, nobody's good enough to be in the quarter dreams to me. Oh, all right. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have Highburn. Highburn is the evil empire in this book. Um, Feyre describes it as having an overwhelming sense of nothingness and no animal life besides fairies have been identified as living there. The fairies that do live there include hyphae and various lesser fae species. And I put Mazepin here. And it was really the quote that described it as overwhelming sense of nothingness, because I think it is a bigger, um, like it's more disrespectful to, to put Mazepin here than in the Court of Nightmares, because at least in the Court of Nightmares, people are like proud of how they act. And I think Mazepin is just really nothing. Like, I think like he doesn't even deserve to be on the same continent as the other courts. He's just like, there's nothing going on with him. He lives, it's sad, it's desolate. No one fucking cares. And that's where I put Huge, love that. Yeah. I would maybe put him in the mortal lands. I also considered it. I also <laughs> considered it, but I also felt that that was maybe a little disrespectful to the mortals. The mortals. Fair enough. So, wow, that was good. We did a good job on that. <laughs> you guys cannot tell where our passions truly lie. <laughs> Put us on your. It's ranking fairy chords. <laughs> yeah, if anyone who has a book podcast and would like to collaborate on Formula One and books. You've got the right girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that was fun. What should we do next week? Should we do... I feel like we've got Harry Potter houses. We've got... Harry Potter uh, houses is pretty easy, I think. Yeah. I also really want to do Lord of the Rings and what species they Mm, would be. You're right. We should do that. 
and then we can talk about our scientific um study oh my god our scientific study yeah absolutely all right that's next week done (laughs) done (laughs) we can brainstorm this weekend when we're together perfect okay ready for the deep dive yeah i'm so ready for the deep dive i can't wait to learn about williams i literally was like doing this research today and i was like do we already do williams like i was like am i researching the wrong thing but we had him and it's williams um obviously williams launched their new car today and we think it's beautiful so this feels very timely and topical so we are going to dive into the world of williams racing so williams was founded by frank williams um aptly named aptly named (laughs) um he actually had another uh f1 operation before this one that was unsuccessful it was called frank williams racing cars which became Wolf Williams Racing in 1976. And then it just didn't really, it didn't really work. And so it, it became uh, Williams Racing. And fun fact, all of Williams F1 uh, chassis, so all of their cars are called FW and a number. And that hmm. stands for Frank Williams, which I Love just that. think is like a cute little tribute, probably started as very self-serving, uh, but now it's a <laughs> tribute. Because um, he is unfortunately... RIP rest in the sweetest peace, Frank. Um, their first race was, uh, the 1977 Spanish Grand Prix. Um, and if you've started watching F1 more recently, maybe you got in because of drive to survive, obviously Williams has in the past few years been known to be kind of bottom of the board. It's been like Haas and Williams are like kind of constantly at the bottom of, of the score sheet. Um, but what you might not know is that they actually used to be one of the very top teams. Yeah. They used to be really good. Yeah. They're actually one of only four teams in F1 history to win a hundred races. So they, the others are Ferrari, McLaren and Mercedes. So like Williams is up there with like really good names. Um, great. Yeah, they have nine constructors championships, which is second only to Ferrari. So they're actually like historically the second most successful team, which is pretty crazy. Huge. Um, Notable drivers on the team have been Nigel Mansell, David Coulthard, uh, Jensen Button, Elaine Prost, Nelson Piquet, Kelly Piquet's dad, uh, Artin Senna, and Jacques Villeneuve. So among like, some a of bunch of others. Yeah. So yeah. some of like the most successful F1 drivers, um, in history have raced for Williams, which is like really, really cool. Um, Williams stayed a family owned team until 2020, uh, when Doralton capital acquired the team and Frank and Claire Williams stepped down from their management roles, uh, which is really, really sad. Uh, we're going to get into Claire Williams in a little bit because I fucking love that bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, fun fact. Toto owns a minority stake in Williams, um, which we knew because Williams is kind of the B team to uh, Mercedes, Mercedes, kind of the feeder yep. team. But he, his investment firm that he owns, uh, took was one of the first people to take a minority stake in the company. And conspiracy corner, tell me, no driver who has won a driver's title with Williams has managed to win a title with any other team. Mm. So once you win a world driver's championship with Williams and you go somewhere else, 
we're done ain't winning again. Yeah. So kind of a fun little conspiracy there, but we're going to go into Claire, Please. Claire Williams. Let's we hear it for fucking Claire. love Claire Williams. Girl, what boss. a boss bitch. Absolutely. A trailblazer. Absolutely. Um, she was the former deputy team principal of Williams and, you know, she just did her best with what she was given and we appreciated her for who she was and being a boss bitch in the male dominated F1 paddock and being the only team principal in those team principal, uh, press briefings and, and everything like she just, you know, she held her own and I fucking love that. She yeah, was she's born crushing it. She was. Yeah. She was born July 21st, 1976, which makes her a cancer. And cancers have a reputation for being like really emotional, temperamental, and a little bit spiteful, um, which I think really ties into her famous quote when she said, we will never sell this team over my dead body. You know, they ended <laughs> up selling it, but like the sentiment is there. She's a little spiteful. Like she was like, I won't ever be doing this. Um, in addition, cancers are devoted. They're extremely fond of their loved ones, often to an unhealthy degree. They place a high value on family and close friends and will go to great lengths to defend them no matter the price, which I think nothing could describe Claire better. Very clear. Like absolutely Claire Williams. Yeah. Like she defended this team. She defended this company, her family to the very end. And like, she just basically had no choice, but to have to sell it, but she was like, not going to go down without a fight, um, which we love. So little personal history on Claire. Um, after college, she was a press officer for Silverstone racing circuit. And then in 2002, she joined Williams as a communications officer, and then later became the head of communications. In 2011, she was promoted to director of marketing and communications. Um, in 2012, she became the Williams family representative on the board of Williams racing when her dad stepped down, uh, and then was the deputy team principal the next year in 2013. Um, while she was the team principal, she was also retained, um, to handle marketing communications and all commercial aspects of the team's business. So like she was really doing it all. Um, and I think what I love about her is that she didn't just like step into this and be like, yeah, I'll be the team principal, like whatever. Like, no, she worked her way through the ranks and like really learned about the company from the inside out. Um, obviously it was a family company. So she probably knew enough that like, she could have just been given the board seat, given the title, What's but she really worked a little nepotism, but Oh, nepotism that- is kind of all over it, but <laughs> she didn't just jump to the top. Yeah, she worked yeah. her way, yeah. which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, she was appointed to the order appointed officer of the order of the British empire in 2016 for services to F1 racing. Very cool. Um, once she left, this is sad and I get this and I feel like you can get this a lot, Nicole. Once, uh, she left the team in 2020, she like could not bring herself to watch F1 anymore. And she just like basically stopped. She was like, I'm not it'll be too weird to see someone else running mm-hmm. the team. And she's like, I yeah. just, I've been in that for so long that I have to like take a step, step back, like fully step away. Yeah. Yeah. She also has a young son, um, who was three or two or three at the time that she stepped down. So like, she was like, I'm just spending time with my son who I, you know, didn't get to see a lot, uh, when he was like really growing up. Um, so she's spending time with him. She also like had a baby during this whole, like 
tumultuous mm-hmm. period. So like huge props to her. Um, and just, well, like, maybe Claire wants to come join TG1F because we've been there girly. We know what it's like. Yuck. Come hang out with us. What are you talking about? Not having have a baby. not had a child in the middle. No, of I'm talking about not time. watching Formula One oh. <laughs> because it's too much of a sensitive topic. I was like, we have not been there. Let's. I literally <laughs> thought you froze because of the look <laughs> that you gave me. I was like, oh, am I muted still? What's going on? <laughs> I was like, wait a sec. I was like trying to remember what I had said before that. I was like, she can't be be saying what I think she's saying. Um, but also, so you know, I was saying that she was, you know, the only female team principal. like when we were watching uh during her time there was only in history one other team boss who's been a woman it was monisha caltonborn who was in charge of sauber from 2010 to 2017 so both of them absolute trailblazers like really changing the game and i really hope that we see someone else kind of step into that vacancy that was left when claire left williams because we definitely miss seeing a lady Absolutely. Just more men. Just more men. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Getting into the drivers. Nicholas Latifi. He is the returning vet on Williams. So he has been there since he started um, F1 in 2020. He's from Canada. He really loves Nutella. And he, similar to Claire, is also a cancer. He was born June 29th, 1995. Okay. So we've got a June cancer and a July cancer. Good exactly. So very interesting. You know, I just don't think we know too, too much about Latifi to be able Mm-mm. to say like that, that feels right for him. But I do know that he is no, June, very... June cancers are better than July cancers. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm saying that objectively because Danny Rick is a July cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, but I also do know that he is very, like, very dedicated to his girlfriend, who we will get to, and, like, very loving and very supportive of her. So I think that that kind of tracks for him. Um, Nikki Latifi was the 2019 Formula 2 runner-up and then moved into F1 the next year. Um, his dad, Michael, is Iranian-Canadian. And he is the CEO of Sofina Foods, Inc., uh, and also owns a British Virgin Islands company called Nidala. I don't know what either of them are. I didn't do the research, but he (laughs) is very wealthy. Um, His mom, Marilena, is Canadian Italian, and her family owns the dairy company Saputo, Inc. So, like, she's old money. He's new money. They just have all the money. they've been been having money all the time old and new yeah so he's rich as fuck uh he has three siblings named soph michael and matthew which i had no idea Mm -hmm. i have never seen this man with his family to be honest interesting i didn't know he had any siblings either (laughs) yeah he kind of gives um only child vibes so i was like Mm -hmm. kind of surprised about that um he started karting pretty late for, for the people that are in F1. He was 13 when he started karting, which oh, I feel like is like yeah. really old. Seb was three. Seb <laughs> was not even walking <laughs> and he was driving. <laughs> Charles was in the womb, still driving the car, right? 
So yeah, he was a little You don't bit come out of the womb naked. knowing how to stick shift, like how to change gears. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. So he was a late bloomer uh, in, in the carding world. Um, but it's okay because he has money. Exactly. And that's why he's a pay driver. <laughs> um, no offense meant Nikki. Something fun, fun fact about him is that he is recognized as being Canadian on race weekends. Um, but he actually races under an American license, uh, Hmm. because Canada's national sporting authority, uh, resigned its mandate from the FIA. So they kind of say they recognize that he's from Canada, but his license is American. Um, so is that the same for Lance? Do we think? Hmm. Maybe I would Hmm. think. I'm going to have to do a fact check. I'll let you know next episode. Do a little like mini-sode of just fact checks (laughs) once we've done all these deep dives. Here's everything we got wrong. (laughs) It wouldn't be a mini-sode. It'd be so long. (laughs) It'd be like seven hours. (laughs) Here's everything we've gotten wrong. It's everything we've ever said. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, So... We can't really talk about Latifi without talking about the Abu Dhabi drama because in some people's eyes, he was the catalyst and he's the mm-hmm. reason that we had so much drama at the season finale in 2020. I know, I feel bad for him. I feel so bad. So <laughs> Latifi crashed really late in the race in Abu Dhabi, which brought out a safety car. Before the crash, Hamilton was like well on his way to winning his, his eighth championship. After the crash, Obviously, a safety car came out and there was a little bit of a change in procedure, um, to put it politically, um, yeah, (laughs) that let Verstappen and Hamilton kind of race each other on equal footing for the last lap. Obviously, Verstappen ended up winning his first championship and people like immediately blamed Latifi for that crash. And like, that's so unfair. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not his fault people crash and like that's like a thing of of the sport and so he actually said that like he had to put out a statement which I just think is so ridiculous like the fact that he felt like he needed to say anything is ridiculous but he even said it and he was like I crossed the the check like passed the checkered flag and I already knew what was gonna happen and so I immediately took Twitter and Instagram off my phone and which I'm like so that is sad. a mentally smart thing to do though like good for you for just being like I'm not even gonna like give myself the opportunity Engage, to see it. yeah I'm not no and so he put out a, a statement he that, that is so threats. that is so strong of him because the lord yeah. knows I would read every bad thing that's every single thing <laughs> and I do because that one person cyber bullied me <laughs> oh yeah I got cyber so, bullied. <laughs> so Nikki was like really, really smart for doing that. Like I give him a lot of props for being able to do that. Um, he was getting death threats. He was getting like so much hate. It was so ridiculous. And like, I think one of the things that stood out to me that he said in a statement where he was like reflecting on what happened during the race, there was really only one group of people I needed to apologize to for the DNF, my team. I did that right afterwards. Everything else that followed was out of my control, which like, absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to apologize to anyone for this. Like, sure. Your team, but like, you don't have to apologize to anyone else. No. And like the fact that he was like, felt like he had to put out a statement is like so ridiculous. And like, yeah, I think, and like a lot of people were really like from F1 really supportive of him, which was good to see. 
So good guy, Nikki. Also, yeah, we're gonna skip to Nikki's girlfriend, Sandy. Boss bitch, yeah, girl. Miss Sandy. We love little Miss Sandy. Uh, she was she born is in Poland. Boss. She is a girl boss. Uh, so she was born in Poland and lived in Portugal most of her life, but now she lives in London. Um, she's a model. She works for Pop Models Milano, an Italian modeling agency. But that's only one part of Little Miss Sandy, because Little Miss Sandy is a motherfucking lawyer. Yeah, she is. Do you think she's a business lawyer? Do you think she reached she call she her? Us? <laughs> I would die. Um, she completed her law degree and master of law in London and recently, as of this year, passed the New York City bar exam. Which is which one of is the hardest bar exams huge. in the country. So you think she's going to move to New York? I don't know. That's why I'm like, if she lives in London, why is she practicing in New York? I guess like where in Canada do we know is Nikki from? I don't remember. Because like New York's not that far from Canada. Maybe it's yeah. like a hop, skip and a jump and they're I don't know. Both rich. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so she's fucking awesome. She's also a professional pole vaulter. Okay. What doesn't she do? Whoa. What can't she do? Get a girl, get a Sandy. Truly. Um, she's good friends with Lance's girlfriend Sarah and George's girlfriend Carmen. Um mm-hmm. Sandy and Sarah are like always in the paddock together, like hanging out. Like they love each other. They're really good friends. And um, she's gone on vacation. She and Nikki have gone on vacation with George and Carmen a lot. And when she and Carmen can't be on the road with their boyfriends, they like to watch races together in London, which I think is like so cute. Ugh, like, is that goals. not like the dream? That's you and me when we're dating yes. me and Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously obviously what else would it be um sorry we're girl bossing too hard we can't actually can't make it to the races weekend but we'll be watching together be watching together um I wasn't able oh I just found her birthday which I couldn't find before she was born March 23rd coming up makes her Taurus I think no uh Aries Aries which we'll get into what an Aries is because that's actually what Alex Albon is. So I'll just tell you, I guess. An Aries loves to be number one. So it's no surprise that these audacious Rams are the first sign of the Zodiac. Bold and ambitious, Aries dives headfirst into even the most challenging situations, which is appropriate since the body part associated with Aries is the head. Like their fellow fire signs, Leo and Sagittarius, Aries is a passionate, motivated, and competent leader who builds community with their cheerful disposition and relentless determination. And if that doesn't describe motherfucking Sandy, nothing does. I don't know what else does. That girl, bold, ambitious, diving headfirst into the most challenging situations like the New York City bar, passionate, (laughs) motivated, confident leader, building community, making friends. She is doing it all. Let's go. Am I a Sandy stan after this week? I think we've always been a Sandy stan. Let's be real. Um, She has really good style. Um, She freaking loves a romper or a maxi dress with heels. Mm -hmm. She loves it. Loves a maxi dress. She's, she looks good in it. So why she's got she? a freaking rock star bod and she loves to show it off. And I say, fucking get it, girl. She and Nikki go on dates uh, almost every single night. She's good like date them. night. And I'm like, must be nice. You just said date night last night. Like they go on some sick dates too. So 
jealous of them. Um, and that's little Miss Sandy. Hey, so the second driver it's on to Alex. Williams is Alex Albon. So Alex is born March 23rd, which is actually the same day. As I was going to say, I was going to say, are you sure? That's Sandra's birthday. Oh my God. They were born in the same day, except um, he was born two years after her. So he's two years mm-hmm. younger than her. Um, but I also think that he is very bold and ambitious and audacious and that's jumping why he's, into- That's why he's in the night court. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Uh, so Alex was on Red Bull for a season and a half for a half of 2019 and all of 2020, he replaced Pierre in 2019. And then, um, as of at the end of 2020, he was replaced by Sergio Perez. Um, he took his first podium finish as a Red Bull driver, uh, at the 2020 Tuscan Grand Prix. And it was also the first podium finish for a Thai driver ever in F1, which was very cool for him. Um, this past year while he was on a little F1 hiatus, um, he spent the year as Red Bull's test and reserve driver where he tested all the new cars. Um, he recreated some crashes to prove that Mm -hmm. Hamilton is a bitch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and basically was like really responsible for helping them like have as good a car as they did to win the world driver's championship, which is awesome. Uh, he was also a DTM driver. Uh, which kept him kind of behind the wheel and racing while he was not in F1. So he had Mm -hmm. a very busy year last year. Uh, This past August, he did win his maiden DTM race at the, uh, I never know how to say it, Nürburgring. Mm -hmm. Nürburgring. It's like that girl, the (laughs) Ermagerd. That's how I feel about it. I can't say it. Uh, So he was the first driver from Thailand to win a DTM race. So very cool. Um, A little personal side of him uh his father nigel is a former british racing driver who participated in the british touring car championship and porsche carrera cup um Mm. his mother can kamal is from thailand which is why he races under the thai flag um there was some drama with his mom not going to get into it too much because that is very personal to them but Mm -hmm. she uh was in prison for a number of years uh while alex was a teenager she was running an exotic car dealership illegally and she was another girl boss you know what she you know what (laughs) inventing anna delby inventing uh (laughs) let's go i'm looking for the next shonda rhymes here's your next series let's go let's go (laughs) tinder swindler netflix get on it so she was released from prison in 2018 and has been living with alex and they have really repaired their relationship and are really close so happy to see that um he has a big family he has a younger brother and three sisters so love that for him um he is buddhist and practices buddhism which i love that for him so much um, and then some com- fun facts about him. Uh, his first word was Ferrari. As a child. So he's, yes. He's loved cars forever. Okay. Um, he once broke his collarbone when he went uh, bike riding with George Russell. Um, and that cost him, I think, the F2 championship. George, is this what I said? That's why George yeah. is in autumn. George did it on purpose. Because he's sneaky and he <laughs> did it on purpose. Um, and then 
A really great quote that I love from Alex is that he's not a toxic male because listen to what he said. Someone was like, oh, you, you build a lot of like Ikea furniture. And he was like, it's self-proclaimed. I'm good with the building stuff. I don't enjoy it. People that enjoy putting furniture together are a different type of person. I think these alpha males that try to build the furniture without reading the instructions are doomed to fail. A true man (laughs) knows when he needs support. It doesn't frustrate me. I just get on with it. And there are really any mistakes. Yes, Alex, a true man does know when he needs support. You're right. You're fucking right. (laughs) You're right. And we love that. Love that. Um, and now let's get on to, if possible, Alex's better half. <laughs> if possible, it is possible. It is possible. Uh, so this is who we really want to talk about today. Yeah, this the whole episode um, <laughs> was leading up to this moment right here. <laughs> Willie is just basically the coolest person alive. She's a wired headphone girl. Yeah. She has <sighs> incredible fashion sense. Cannot wait for her to be in the paddock more this year. And she's American. So like, we, we love, love her. um i realized why i love her so much this girl is a gemini of course she is she's a june gemini um she was born on june 17th 1999 so she's a fucking gemini and that's why i know that we would be best friends um so her full name is mooney lily he so mooney he is her name but she goes by lily because she lives in America. So she's not actually American. <laughs> um, she's a Chinese professional golfer mm-hmm. who plays on the US-based LPGA tour, which mm-hmm. is fucking huge. So she was born in Chengdu, Sichuan, China. And then um she like literally started golfing when she was five, like mm-hmm. before she was five. So her father is a hotelier and a restaurateur. And he introduced her to golf at a young age. And by age five, she was already playing competitively, competitively at age five. She is just like Seb carding at three, really playing competitively at five. Like, so I guess they, they used to take her to like the driving range and she would, they would just be like, what is, how does daddy's swing look? And she would like critique it and like critique them along with it. As she's like four, I'm like, does she know words? How'd she do that? (laughs) So anyways, um, her family immigrated from China to Vancouver uh, for a couple of years and then later San Diego, which is where she went to high school. Um, she joined San Diego and Southern California junior golf tournaments alongside the U.S. Kids Golf and American Junior Golf Association events. So they moved to San Diego specifically for her golf career. Mm. Um, before she turned pro, she spent one year at the University of Southern California where she majored in communications. Um, which is like so cool because I wanted to go to relatable University of Southern California and study communications, but they didn't let me in. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. Um, I don't think we would have become friends if you had. So that's true. You're right. It all happens for a reason. Blessings. <laughs> um, so she's taken Alex golfing, which we've seen before, like so cute, but he's like really horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is quoted as saying, Lily says she can't coach me because I'm at a level that's uncoachable. It's not like change this a little bit, move this a little bit. She's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm that bad. <laughs> so I absolutely too, love that. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't make the varsity badminton team senior year because the coach said that I was quote uncoachable. Well, we all know that's true. So Nicole hates an authority figure. <laughs> I talked to the, talked to my therapist about this yesterday. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, we're gonna have to circle back on that after we wrap this up. <laughs> um, and that's all I had on Williams, but it's a little just more on the people this week because I, I love it. I kind of love every single person involved with Williams. So, like, similar to what did I do last time? Alfatari. And I was like, I think I vibe with Alfa yeah. or was it Alfa Romeo? I've already given up my allegiance. You've done both. What? So I think my, every my new, team. every new team that you do a deep dive on, you automatically become their number one fan. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it was Alfa Romeo because I was like me, Botas and Joe. Cause Joe's also a Gemini. Oh, right, like, right, we're right. just all vibing so yeah actually my new teams now are williams and alfa romeo you heard it here first folks (laughs) and that was williams well you know what i love that thank you so much kate you're so welcome thank you for teaching me a little bit about williams you're welcome next week it's good old mclaren hell yeah it is let's go mclaren and lord of the rings we'll be together for that episode are we gonna record it over the weekend yeah 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 i mean i think we should like i I think we should that you were like i don't trust the wi-fi but we probably should i think it'll be better for us to be in this we'll see we'll test it out we're gonna be so cute and cozy in our log cabin in front of the fire oh my god we're gonna have to kick everyone else out (laughs) you guys go looking for firewood (laughs) all right on that note this has been an incredibly long episode yeah it is time for us to wrap it up we got as go. always like and subscribe you can now rate on spotify podcast so give us a star okay. rating preferably five um <laughs> leave us a Please review write a review on apple Podcasts. i really love reading them and we have a couple one in like them. a couple weeks so yeah send us fan art we love when you guys send us fan art yes um we do not care how bad your photoshop skills no. are ours are terrible the honestly the worse the better yeah the more camp, the better. <laughs> but we can't wait to talk about Lord of the Rings and McLaren next week with you guys. Let us know if you have any questions ahead of the time for us to cover, respond to. Perfect. All right. Uh, we will see y'all on the internet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>